One of my favorite writers, one that I, I mention a lot, is this British writer G.K. Chesterton. And he converted to Catholicism at the age of 48 in 1922. Now, he was a high-profile writer of his day, and his, his conversion, um, it was something of a shock. Kind of the casual observer was shocked because they thought he already was Catholic because he'd been defending the church in his writing for years. But others who knew him well uh, were surprised because they never thought he'd actually make this jump. And so when he was asked, why did he join the Catholic Church? Chesterton had a very simple reply in his autobiography, to get rid of my sins. And he explained further, he said, the Catholic Church teaches that sin confessed and repented is actually abolished and that the sinner does really begin again as if he or she had never sinned. And he said this, this is a great line. When a Catholic comes from confession, he may be gray and gouty, but he is only five minutes old. When we confess our sins, we're sorry for them, we amend our life, priest absolves us, we begin again. Today is Divine Mercy Sunday, a feast that celebrates the incredible mercy of God. And the message that I have is supremely simple. Take advantage of the time of mercy. Encourage everybody. This Easter season, and Easter, there's still six weeks left of the Easter season until Pentecost. Come to confession, to this sacrament of his mercy. In our gospel today, we see the risen Christ institute the sacrament of reconciliation, of confession. The disciples are locked away in the upper room. They are terrified. Those who conspired to kill Christ could do the same to them. And the risen Christ appears in their midst. He shows them his wounds and they rejoice because his wounds show that this is the same Lord who was crucified, who's risen triumphantly from the grave because his wounds mean that he has atoned for our sins super abundantly. He's won the grace that reconciles us to the Father. But this forgiveness, this grace must be applied to us individually, and certainly in baptism that's the case. And when we're baptized, of course, most of us are baptized as babies and we don't have personal sin. But any adults who are baptized, when we're baptized as adults, it wipes away any personal sin. But for post-baptismal sin, the way to remove that sin, to get rid of that sin, as Chesterton said, is the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And Jesus institutes that here. He says to the apostles, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. He commissions the apostles to do something only God can do, to forgive sins. Right? The apostles are going to be instruments through which God's forgiveness is communicated. The apostles are the first bishops. Um, whose authority is passed down to today's pope and archbishop and bishops. Confession is a powerful sacrament. Well, let me also say this. Let me also back up and say this. You know, sometimes people say, okay, okay, why can't I confess my sin to God? You certainly can. Absolutely you can. But we are body and soul creatures, and the sacraments uh, make use of material things, tangible, visible signs 
to communicate God's grace. And so, in the sacrament of confession, we go and confess to a priest, a representative of Christ, and we hear those words, I grant you pardon and peace, I absolve you from your sins. He says to the apostles, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. And because the apostles and their successors aren't mind readers, logically follows that we would have to make those sins known in some way to, uh, so that they can choose to forgive them or uh, retain them, which would happen if there wasn't, let's say, sorrow for sin, if there wasn't uh, a willingness to try to do better. Confession is a powerful sacrament, but I'm convinced it's one of the church's most underutilized. There was a study about seven years ago that said 43% of Catholics uh, go to confession at least once a year. And it's one of the precepts of the church that, that we're obliged to confess at a minimum once a year, that we ought to do it whenever we need. Now, I know sometimes people have had a bad experience in confession, and if that's been the case, I'm, I'm sincerely sorry about that. Um, you know, and then it's also been the case that sometimes there was confusion. You know, I know several years ago, actually, this was more than a decade ago, I was still in seminary. I was home for Easter and um, at the family gathering for Easter Sunday. And a homily came up where a priest had talked about confession that had offended some of my family members. And I remember talking to him, and I said, look, maybe he didn't say what he said as tactfully as he should have. Maybe he could have said it better, but what he said is true. And what I will say is that some of my family members said, look, especially the older ones, they said, we used to go to confession every Friday or Saturday. And then suddenly it stopped. It wasn't as available as it had been, or priest hadn't talked about it, and they were confused about when we ought to go to confession. And I'm sorry about that confusion as well. Confession is a true blessing. Yes, when we go to confession, we go to a priest, a man who himself is a sinner, uh, who himself must go to confession to another priest. The priest is merely a representative for Christ, for when we go and confess our sins and we're sorry and we want to try and do better. Yes, it's the priest who absolves us, but it is the risen Christ who bestows his pardon and peace through the instrument of his priest. Then we experience the peace that the world cannot give, the peace of being reconciled to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Today is the Feast of Divine Mercy, as I mentioned. It's based on the private revelation to uh, St. Faustina, Kowalska, a Polish nun who died in the late 30s. And she had these visions of Christ and she recorded them in her diary. The church later authenticated them. I want to read one short passage from that diary. In one vision, Jesus said, Write, speak of my mercy. Tell souls where they are to look for solace, that is, in the tribunal of mercy, the sacrament of reconciliation. There the greatest miracles take place and are incessantly repeated. To avail oneself of this miracle, it is not necessary to go on a great pilgrimage or to carry out some external ceremony. It suffices to come with faith to the feet of my representative and to reveal to him one's misery, and the miracle of divine mercy will be fully demonstrated. Then there's this very powerful line, where a soul like a decaying corpse, so that from a human standpoint there would be no hope of restoration and everything would be lost, it is not so with God. The miracle of divine mercy restores that soul in full. Oh, how miserable are those who do not take advantage of the miracle of God's mercy. The truth is that no sin, 
No matter how grave, no sin is stronger than God's mercy. No number of sins is beyond his power to forgive. And all we have to do to experience this miracle of divine mercy is to go to confession. Whether it's been 50 years or 50 days, Christ is waiting for us in the tribunal of his mercy. Let us trust in his mercy and in his words. Let us not be unbelieving, but believe. Let us receive our Lord's mercy. Let us receive his pardon and his peace.